This podcast is sponsored by The Coldest Water, a company at war with hot. They believe that the coldest things are the best things in life. Built for athletes and high performers, they are famous for creating the coldest water bottles to the coldest pillow to the coldest ice packs. They have even developed the coldest dog bed and dog bowl to keep your furry friends cooler during the hotter months. Get 10% off your first order by using code NOX10 at coldest.com. Hello everyone, welcome to Knox Bedtime Stories. I'm your friend Joey, here with another episode to help you relax, feel safe, and fall asleep. It's 11pm here, I hope you're all feeling well and are laying comfy cozy in bed. On tonight's episode, I'm going to walk you through a guided sleep imagery meditation where we'll visit a beautiful cottage by the sea. If you're new here to the Knox family, welcome. I hope I'm able to bring you calm and comfort at bedtime for a long time to come. From here on out, nothing exists except you, me, this beautiful fireplace, and the bed couch or floor you're laying on. If you enjoy Knox Bedtime Stories, help support the program by becoming a Patreon supporter. You can sign up by going to KnoxBedtimeStories.com and clicking the Patreon link. Alright, if you're not already relaxing in bed, please do so now, as we take a relaxing trip to a beautiful cottage by the sea. Make yourself comfortable in your favorite position for falling asleep, and close your eyes. Take a slow, full, deep breath, and let it go. It's time to set the world aside, let go of your day, and begin your gentle transition into deep sleep. And take another slow, full deep breath, and breathe out any tension in your body. All there is to do now is relax, rest, and be restored. Imagine you're standing on the shore of a lovely tropical island. It's evening and the sun is just now setting. And you watch as the orange ball begins to touch the horizon, casting a beautiful golden glow over the sea. The light blue sky is beginning to glow yellow and pink where it meets the ocean, deepening into shades of dark blue and purple higher up. A surfer is taking his last ride of the day, and a century of pelicans glide softly across the placid scene, heading for a place of rest for the night. Earth is ready to welcome the nighttime, and the sky has begun to draw its curtain on another day. Your favorite spot a little ways down the beach is a little hideaway cottage with a screened-in porch where you can lie on a comfy bed, listen to the waves, 
and let the sounds rock you gently to sleep. And so, you begin your walk home, barefoot at the edge of the warm, tropical water. You love the way your heels sink in a little with each step. It's a wonderful rocking motion that seems to go on so well with the way the water thins out onto the sand, and then recedes and then returns to wash your feet with its salty foam. The ocean air feels so pleasant on your skin, and the smells of the ocean and the scents of the blossoming trees nearby are softly intoxicating, beginning to make you a little drowsy. Soon, you come to your cottage, open the screen door, and sit on the edge of the bed looking out at the sea and the sky. The first stars have begun to come out, and you take some time to just sit there and watch them appear one by one as last light of day fades and the sky darkens to a deep velvet. Perhaps you can see the silver of the new moon set just so not far above the horizon. You're in a bed now, feeling your body relax from the day. Beginning with your feet, allow all the tension to go out of them now. They've worked hard for you all day and deserve a rest. And so the relaxation in your feet begins to find its way into your ankles, your calves, and your knees. And now, relax your upper legs, your hips, and your buttocks. And feel this relaxation flowing up into your abdomen and lower back, and your upper back and chest. And feel this peaceful, relaxing feeling flowing down your arms, into your hands, and out your fingertips. And then, up into your neck, head, and face. Now, your whole body is perfectly calm, relaxed, and ready for sleep. And just to make sure there's nothing left between you and a gentle full night's rest, imagine that the very top of your head opens, and out flow any thoughts that might still be trapped inside to find their way into the beautiful starry night sky far above the sea and drift out of sight. Now you're all clear. Don't forget to close the top of your head. Soon you'll be sound asleep, off on a peaceful journey into dreamland that will carry you all the way through until morning. So as you continue to listen to the waves outside, begin to follow your breath and intone the words, soft, sleep, deep, peace, soft, sleep, deep, peace. Have a wonderful, soft sleep, deep and peaceful. All right now that we're fully relaxed, Let's visit the Hundred Acre Woods and our good friends.
in which Eeyore has a birthday and gets two presents. Eeyore, the old gray donkey, stood by the side of the stream and looked at himself in the water. Pathetic, he said. That's what it is, pathetic. He turned and walked slowly down the stream for 20 yards, splashed across it, and walked slowly back on the other side. Then he looked at himself in the water again. As I thought, he said, no better from this side. But nobody minds. Nobody cares. Pathetic. That's what it is. There was a crackling noise in the bracken behind him, and out came Pooh. Good morning, Eeyore, said Pooh. Good morning, Pooh Bear, said Eeyore, gloomily. If it is a good morning, he said, which I doubt, said he. Why, what's the matter? Nothing, Pooh Bear, nothing. We can't all, and some of us don't. That's all there is to it. Can't all what, said Pooh, rubbing his nose. Gaiety, song and dance. Here we go round the mulberry bush. Oh, said Pooh. He thought for a long time, and then asked, What mulberry bush is that? Bonhomie, went on Eeyore gloomily. French word meaning Bonhomie, he explained. I'm not complaining, but there it is. Pooh sat down on a large stone and tried to think this out. It sounded to him like a riddle, and he was never much good at riddles, being a bear of very little brain. So he sang Coddleston Pie instead. Coddleston, Coddleston, Coddleston Pie. A fly can't bird, but a bird can't fly. Ask me a riddle, and I reply. Coddleston, Coddleston, Coddleston Pie. That was the first verse. When he had finished it, Eeyore didn't actually say that he didn't like it. So Pooh very kindly sang the second verse to him. Coddleston, Coddleston, Coddleston Pie. The fish can't whistle, and neither can I. Ask me a riddle, and I reply. Coddleston, Coddleston, Coddleston Pie. Eeyore still said nothing at all. So Pooh hummed the third verse quietly to himself. Coddleston, Coddleston, Coddleston Pie. Why does a chicken? I don't know why. Ask me a riddle, and I reply. Coddleston, Coddleston, Coddleston Pie. That's right, said Eeyore. Sing. Umpty tiddly umpty too. Here we go gathering nuts in May. Enjoy yourself. I am, said Pooh. Some can, said Eeyore. Why, what's the matter? Is anything the matter? You seem so sad, Eeyore. Sad? Why should I be sad? It's my birthday. The happiest day of the year. Your birthday? said Pooh in great surprise. Of course it is. Can't you see? Look at all the presents I have had. He waved a foot from side to side. Look at the birthday cake. Candles and pink sugar. Pooh looked, first to the right, and then to the left. Presents, said Pooh. Birthday cake, said Pooh. Where? Can't you see them? No, said Pooh. Neither can I, said Eeyore. Joke, he explained. Aha. Pooh scratched his head, being a little puzzled by all this. But is it really your birthday, he asked. 
It is. Oh, well. Many happy returns of the day, Eeyore. And many happy returns to you, Pooh Bear. But it isn't my birthday. No, it's mine. But you said many happy returns. Well, why not? You don't always want to be miserable on my birthday, do you? Oh, I see, said Pooh. It's bad enough, said Eeyore, almost breaking down, being miserable, myself. What, with no presents and no cake and no candles, and no proper notice taken of me at all. But if everybody else is going to be miserable too. This was too much for Pooh. Stay there, he called to Eeyore, as he turned and hurried back home as quick as he could. For he felt that he must get poor Eeyore a present of some sort at once, and he could always think of a proper one afterwards. Outside his house, he found Piglet jumping up and down trying to reach the knocker. Hello, Piglet, he said. Hello, Pooh, said Piglet. What are you trying to do? I was trying to reach the knocker, said Piglet. I just came round. Let me do it for you, said Pooh kindly. So he reached up and knocked at the door. I have just seen Eeyore, he began, and poor Eeyore is in a very sad condition, because it's his birthday and nobody has taken any notice of it, and he's very gloomy. You know what Eeyore is, and there he was, and what a long time whoever lives here is answering this door, and he knocked again. But Pooh, said Piglet, it's your own house. Oh, said Pooh, so it is, he said. Well, let's go in. So in they went. The first thing Pooh did was to go to the cupboard to see if he had quite a small jar of honey left. And he had, so he took it down. I'm giving this to Eeyore, he explained, as a present. What are you going to give? Couldn't I give it too, said Piglet? From both of us? No, said Pooh. That would not be a good plan. All right then, I'll give him a balloon. I've got one left from my party. I'll go get it now, shall I? That piglet is a very good idea. It is just what Eeyore wants to cheer him up. Nobody can be uncheered with a balloon. So off piglet trotted, and in the other direction went Pooh with his jar of honey. It was a warm day, and he had a long way to go. He hadn't gone more than halfway, when a sort of funny feeling began to creep all over him. It began at the tip of his nose, and trickled all through him, and out at the soles of his feet. It was just as if somebody inside him were saying, Now then, Pooh, time for a little something. Dear, dear, said Pooh, I didn't know it was as late as that. So he sat down and took the top off his jar of honey. Lucky I brought this with me, he thought. Many a bear going out on a warm day like this would never have thought of bringing a little something with him. And he began to eat. Now let me see, he thought, as he took his last lick of the inside of the jar. Where was I going? Ah, yes, Eeyore. He got up slowly. And then suddenly he remembered. He had eaten Eeyore's birthday present. Father, said Pooh, what shall I do? I must give him something. 
For a little while, he couldn't think of anything. Then he thought, well, it's a very nice pot, even if there's no honey in it, and if I washed it clean and got somebody to write a happy birthday on it, Eeyore could keep things in it, which might be useful. So, as he was just passing the hundred acre wood, he went inside to call on Owl who lived there. Good morning, Owl, he said. Good morning, Pooh, said Owl. Many happy returns of Eeyore's birthday, said Pooh. Oh, is that what it is? What are you giving him, Owl? What are you giving him, Pooh? I'm giving him a useful pot to keep things in, and I wanted to ask you. Is this it, said Owl, taking it out of Pooh's paw? Yes, and I wanted to ask you. Somebody has been keeping honey in it, said Owl. You can keep anything in it, said Pooh earnestly. It's very useful, like that. And I wanted to ask you, you ought to write a happy birthday on it. That was what I wanted to ask you, said Pooh, because my spelling is wobbly. It's good spelling, but it wobbles, and the letters get in the wrong places. Would you write a happy birthday on it for me? It's a nice pot, said Owl, looking at it all round. Couldn't I give it too, from both of us? No, said Pooh. That would not be a good plan. Now, I'll just wash it first, and then you can write on it. Well, he washed the pot out and dried it, while Owl licked the end of his pencil and wondered how to spell birthday. Can you read, Pooh? He asked a little anxiously. There's a notice about knocking and ringing outside my door, which Christopher Robin wrote. Could you read it? Christopher Robin told me what it said, and then I could. Well, I'll tell you what this says, and then you'll be able to. So Al wrote, and this is what he wrote. Hippie pappy bith birth Pooh looked on admiringly. I'm just saying a happy birthday, said Al carelessly. It's a nice long one, said Pooh, very much impressed by it. Well, actually, of course, I'm saying a very happy birthday with love from Pooh. Naturally, it takes a good deal of pencil to say a long thing like that. Oh, I see, said Pooh. While all this was happening, Piglet had gone back to his own house to get Eeyore's balloon. He held it very tightly against himself so that it shouldn't blow away, and he ran as fast as he could so as to get to Eeyore before Pooh did, for he thought that he would like to be the first one to give a present, just as if he had thought of it without being told by anybody. And running along and thinking how pleased Eeyore would be, he didn't look where he was going, and suddenly he put his foot in a rabbit hole and fell down flat on his face. Bang! Piglet lay there wondering what happened. At first, he thought that the whole world had blown up, and then he thought perhaps only the forest part of it had, and then he thought that perhaps only he had. And he was now alone in the moon of somewhere and would never see Christopher Robin or Pooh or Eeyore again. And then he thought, well, 
Even if I'm in the moon, I needn't be face downwards all the time. So he got up cautiously and looked about him. He was still in the forest. Well, that's funny, he thought. I wonder what that bang was. I couldn't have made such a noise just falling down. And where's my balloon? And what's that small piece of damp rag doing? It was the balloon. Oh dear, said Piglet. Oh dear, oh dearie, oh dearie, oh dear. Well, it's too late now. I can't go back, and I haven't another balloon. And perhaps Eeyore doesn't like balloons so very much. So he trotted on, rather sadly now, and down he came to the side of the stream where Eeyore was, and called out to him. Good morning, Eeyore, shouted Piglet. Good morning, little Piglet, said Eeyore. If it is a good morning, he said. Which I doubt, said he. Not that it matters, he said. Many happy returns of the day, said Piglet, having now got closer. Eeyore stopped looking at him in the stream and turned to stare at Piglet. Just say that again, he said. Many hap... Wait a moment. Balancing on three legs... He began to bring his fourth leg very cautiously up to his ear. I did this yesterday, he explained, as he fell down for the third time. It's quite easy. It's so as I can hear better. There, that's done it. Now then, what were you saying? He pushed his ear forward with his hoof. Many happy returns of the day, said Piglet again. Meaning me? Of course, Eeyore. My birthday? Yes. Me having a real birthday? Yes, Eeyore, and I've brought you a present. Eeyore took down his right hoof from his right ear, turned around, and with great difficulty, put up his left hoof. I must have that in the other ear, he said. Now then. A present, said Piglet, very loudly. Meaning me again? Yes. My birthday still? Of course, Eeyore. Me going on having a real birthday? Yes, Eeyore, and I brought you a balloon. Balloon, said Eeyore. You did say balloon. One of those big colored things you blow up? Gaiety, song and dance, here we are, and there we are. Yes, but I'm afraid. I'm very sorry, Eeyore. But when I was running along to bring it to you, I fell down. Dear, dear, how unlucky. You ran too fast, I expect. You didn't hurt yourself, little piglet. No, but I... I... Oh, Eeyore, I burst the balloon. There was a very long silence. My balloon, said Eeyore at last. Piglet nodded. My birthday balloon? Yes, Eeyore, said Piglet, sniffing a little. Here it is. With, with many happy returns of the day. And he gave Eeyore the small piece of damp rag. Is this it, said Eeyore, a little surprised. Piglet nodded. My present? Piglet nodded again. The balloon? Yes. Thank you, Piglet, said Eeyore. You don't mind me asking, he went on. But what color was this balloon when it, when it was a balloon? red. I just wondered. Red, he murmured to himself, my favorite color.
How big was it? About as big as me. I just wondered. About as big as Piglet, he said to himself sadly. My favorite size. Well, well. Piglet felt very miserable and didn't know what to say. He was still opening his mouth to begin something, and then deciding that it wasn't any good saying, that when he heard a shout from the other side of the river, and there was Pooh. Many happy returns of the day, called out Pooh, forgetting that he had said it already. Thank you, Pooh. I'm having them, said Eeyore gloomily. I've brought you a little present, said Pooh excitedly. I've had it, said Eeyore. Pooh had now splashed across the stream to Eeyore, and Piglet was sitting a little way off, and his head in his paws, snuffling to himself. It's a useful pot, said Pooh. Here it is. And it's a very happy birthday with love from Pooh written on it. That's what all the writing is. And it's for putting things in. There. When Eeyore saw the pot, he became quite excited. Why, he said. I believe my balloon will just go into that pot. Oh no, Eeyore, said Pooh. Balloons are much too big to go into pots. What you do with the balloon is, you hold the balloon. Not mine, said Eeyore proudly. Look, Piglet. And as Piglet looked sorrowfully round, Eeyore picked the balloon up with his teeth and placed it carefully in the pot, picked it out and put it on the ground, and then picked it up again and put it carefully back. So it does, said Pooh. It goes in. So it does, said Piglet. And it comes out, doesn't it, said Eeyore. It goes in and out like anything. I'm very glad, said Pooh happily, that I thought of giving you a useful pot to put things in. I'm very glad, said Piglet happily, that I thought of giving you something to put in a useful pot. But Eeyore wasn't listening. He was taking the balloon out, putting it back again, as happy as could be. And didn't I give him anything, asked Christopher Robin sadly. Of course you did, I said. You gave him, don't you remember, a little, a little... I gave him a box of paints to paint things with. That was it. Why didn't I give it to him in the morning? You were so busy getting his party ready for him. He had a cake with icing on the top and three candles and his name in pink sugar and... Yes, I remember, said Christopher Robin. This podcast is sponsored by The Coldest Water. Get 10% off your first order by using code NOX10 at coldest.com, in which Kanga and Baby Roo come to the forest, and Piglet has a bath. Nobody seemed to know where they came from, but there they were in the forest, Kanga and Baby Roo. When Pooh asked Christopher Robin, how did they come here? Christopher Robin said, in the usual way, if you know what I mean, Pooh. And Pooh, who didn't, said, oh. Then he nodded his head twice and said, in the usual way. Ah, then he went to call upon his friend Piglet to see what he thought about it. And at Piglet's house, he found Rabbit. So they all talked about it together. What I don't like about it is this, said Rabbit. 
Here are we, you, who, and you, Piglet, and me. And suddenly, and Eeyore, said Pooh. And Eeyore, and then suddenly, and Owl, said Pooh. And Owl, and then all of a sudden, oh, and Eeyore, said Pooh. I was forgetting him. Here we are, said Rabbit, very slowly and carefully, all of us. And then suddenly, we wake up one morning, and what do we find? We find a strange animal among us. An animal of whom we have never heard of before. An animal who carries her family about with her in her pocket. Suppose I carried my family about with me in my pocket. How many pockets should I want? Sixteen, said Piglet. Seventeen, isn't it, said Rabbit. And one more for a handkerchief. That's eighteen. Eighteen pockets in one suit. I haven't time. There was a long and thoughtful silence. And then, Pooh, who had been frowning very hard for some minutes, said, I make it fifteen. What? said Rabbit. Fifteen. Fifteen what? Your family. What about them? Pooh rubbed his nose and said that he thought Rabbit had been talking about his family. Did I? said Rabbit carelessly. Yes, you said. Never mind, Pooh, said Piglet impatiently. The question is, what are we to do about Kanga? Oh, I see, said Pooh. The best way, said Rabbit, would be this. The best way would be to steal Baby Roo and hide him. And then, when Kanga says, Where's Baby Roo? We say, Aha! Aha, said Pooh, practicing. Aha, aha. Of course, he went on. We could say aha, even if we hadn't stolen Baby Roo. Pooh, said Rabbit kindly. You haven't any brain. I know, said Pooh humbly. We say aha, so that Kanga knows that we know where Baby Roo is. Aha means we'll tell you where Baby Roo is if you promise to go away from the forest and never come back. Now, don't talk while I think. Who went into a corner and tried saying aha in that sort of voice? Sometimes it seemed to him that it did mean what Rabbit said, and sometimes it seemed to him that it didn't. I suppose it's just practice, he thought. I wonder if Kanga will have to practice too, so as to understand it. There's just one thing, said Piglet, fidgeting a bit. I was talking to Christopher Robin, and he said that a Kanga was generally regarded as one of the fiercer animals. I am not frightened of fierce animals in the ordinary way, but it is well known that if one of the fiercer animals is deprived of its young, it becomes as fierce as two of the fiercer animals. In which case, aha, is perhaps a foolish thing to say. Piglet said Rabbit, taking out a pencil and licking the end of it. You haven't any pluck. It is hard to be brave, said Piglet, sniffing slightly, when you're only a very small animal. Rabbit, who had begun to write very busily, looked up and said, It is because you are a very small animal that you will be useful in the adventure before us. 
Piglet was so excited at the idea of being useful that he forgot to be frightened anymore. And when Rabbit went on to say that Kangas were only fierce during the winter months, being at other times of an affectionate disposition, he could hardly sit still. He was so eager to begin being useful at once. What about me, said Pooh sadly. I suppose I shan't be useful. Never mind, Pooh, said Piglet comfortingly. Another time, perhaps. Without Pooh, said Rabbit solemnly, as he sharpened his pencil, the adventure would be impossible. Oh, said Piglet, and tried not to look disappointed. But Pooh went into a corner of the room and said proudly to himself, Impossible without me. That sort of bear. Now, listen all of you, said Rabbit, when he had finished writing. And Pooh and Piglet sat listening very eagerly, with their mouths open. This is what Rabbit read out. Plan to capture Baby Roo. 1. General Remarks Kanga runs faster than any of us, even me. 2. More General Remarks Kanga never takes her eye off of Baby Roo except when he's safely buttoned up in her pocket. 3. Therefore, if we are to capture Baby Roo, we must get a long start before Kanga runs faster than any of us, even me. C1. 4. A thought. If Roo had jumped out of Kanga's pocket and Piglet had jumped in, Kanga wouldn't know the difference because Piglet is a very small animal, like Roo. 6. But Kanga would have to be looking the other way first, so as not to see Piglet jumping in. 7. C2. 8. Another thought. But if Pooh was talking to her very excitedly, she might look the other way for a moment. 9. And then, I could run away with Rue. 10. Quickly. 11 and Kanga wouldn't discover the difference until afterwards. Well, Rabbit read this out proudly, and for a little while after he had read it, nobody said anything. And then Piglet, who had been opening and shutting his mouth without making any noise, managed to say very huskily, and afterwards, how do you mean? When Kanga does discover the difference, then we all say, aha, uh -huh. All three of us? Yes. Oh. Why, what's the trouble, Piglet? Nothing, said Piglet. As long as we all three say it, said Piglet. I don't mind, he said. But I shouldn't care to say aha by myself. It wouldn't sound nearly so well. By the way, he said, you are quite sure about what you said about the winter months? The winter months? Yes only being fierce in the winter months. Oh, yes, yes, that's all right. Well, Pooh, you see what you have to do. No, said Pooh Bear. Not yet, he said. What do I do? Well, you just have to talk very hard to Kanga, so as she doesn't notice anything. Oh, what about? Anything you like. You mean like telling her a little bit of poetry or something? That's it, said Rabbit. Splendid. Now, come along. So, they all went out to look for Kanga. 
Kanga and Rue were spending a quiet afternoon in a sandy part of the forest. Baby Rue was practicing very small jumps in the sand and falling down mouse holes and climbing out of them. And Kanga was fidgeting about and saying, Just one more jump, dear, and then we must go home. And at that moment, who should come stumping up the hill but Pooh? Good afternoon, Kanga. Good afternoon, Pooh. Look at me jumping, squeaked Rue, and fell into another mouse hole. Hello, Rue, my little fellow. We were just going home, said Kanga. Good afternoon, Rabbit. Good afternoon, Piglet. Rabbit and Piglet, who had now come up from the other side of the hill, said, Good afternoon, and hello, Rue. And Rue asked them to look at him jumping, and they stayed and looked. And Kanga looked too. Oh, Kanga said Pooh, after Rabbit had winked at him twice. I don't know if you are interested in poetry at all. Hardly at all, said Kanga. Oh, said Pooh. Rue, dear, just one more jump, and then we must go home. There was a short silence while Rue fell down another mouse hole. Go on, said Rabbit, in a loud whisper behind his paw. Talking of poetry, said Pooh, I made up a little piece as I was coming along. It went like this. Er, now let me see. Fancy, said Kanga. Now, Rue dear, you'll like this piece of poetry, said Rabbit. You'll love it, said Piglet. You must listen very carefully, said Rabbit. So as to not miss any of it, said Piglet. Oh, yes, said Kanga, but she still looked at baby Rue. How did it go, Pooh? said Rabbit. Pooh gave a little cough and began. Lines written by a bear of very little brain. On Monday when the sun is hot, I wonder to myself a lot. Now, is it true or is it not? That what is which and which is what? On Tuesday, when it hails and snows, the feeling on me grows and grows that hardly anybody knows if those are these or these are those. On Wednesday, when the sky is blue and I have nothing else to do, I sometimes wonder if it's true that who is what and what is who. On Thursday, when it starts to freeze and hoarfrost twinkles on the trees, how very readily one sees that these are those, but whose are these? On Friday, yes it is, isn't it, said Kanga, not waiting to hear what happened on Friday. Just one more jump, Rue dear, and then we really must be going. Rabbit gave Pooh a hurrying up sort of nudge. Talking of poetry, said Pooh quickly. Have you ever noticed that tree right over there? Where, said Kanga. Now, Rue. Right over there, said Pooh, pointing behind Kanga's back. No, said Kanga. Now, jump in, Rue dear, and we'll go home. You ought to look at that tree right over there, said Rabbit. Shall I lift you in, Rue? And he picked up Rue in his paws. I can see a bird in it from here, said Pooh. Or is it a fish? You ought to see that bird from here, said Rabbit, unless it's a fish. 
It isn't a fish, it's a bird, said Piglet. So it is, said Rabbit. Is it a starling or blackbird, said Pooh? That's the whole question, said Rabbit. Is it a blackbird or a starling? And then, at last, Kanga did turn her head to look. And the moment that her head was turned, Rabbit said in a loud voice, In you go, Roo. And in jumped Piglet into Kanga's pocket. And off scampered Rabbit with Roo in his paws as fast as he could. Why, where's Rabbit, said Kanga, turning round again. Are you all right, Roo dear? Piglet made a squeaky Roo noise from the bottom of Kanga's pouch. Rabbit had to go away, said Pooh. I think he thought of something he had to go and see about suddenly. And Piglet? I think Piglet thought of something at the same time, suddenly. Well, we must be getting home, said Kanga. Goodbye, Pooh. And in three large jumps, she was gone. Who looked after her as she went? I wish I could jump like that, he thought. Some can, and some can't. That's how it is. But there were moments when Piglet wished that Kanga couldn't. Often, when he had had a long walk home through the forest, he had wished that he were a bird. But now he thought jerkily to himself at the bottom of Kanga's pocket. This take, if is shall really to flying, I never it. And as he went up in the air, he said, Ooh. And as he came down, he said, Ow. And he was saying, Ooh, ow. Ooh, ow. Ooh, ow. All the way to Kanga's house. Of course, as soon as Kanga unbuttoned her pocket, she saw what had happened. Just for a moment, she thought she was frightened. And then... She knew she wasn't, for she felt quite sure that Christopher Robin would never let any harm happen to Rue. So she said to herself, If they are having a joke with me, I will have a joke with them. Now then, Rue dear, she said, as she took Piglet out of her pocket, bedtime. Aha, said Piglet, as well as he could after his terrifying journey. But it wasn't a very good aha and Kanga didn't seem to understand what it meant. Bath first, said Kanga in a cheerful voice. Aha, said Piglet again, looking round anxiously for others. But the others weren't there. Rabbit was playing with Baby Roo in his own house and feeling more fond of him every minute in Pooh, who had decided to be a Kanga, was still at the sandy place on the top of the forest practicing jumps. I am not at all sure, said Kanga in a thoughtful voice, that it wouldn't be a good idea to have a cold bath this evening. Would you like that, Rue dear? Piglet, who had never been really fond of baths, shuddered a long indignant shudder and said in as brave a voice as he could, Kanga, I see that the time has come to speak plainly. Funny little Roo, said Kanga, as she got the bath water ready. I am not Roo, said Piglet loudly. I am Piglet. Yes, dear, yes, said Kanga soothingly. And imitating Piglet's voice, too. So clever of him. She went on as she took a large bar of yellow soap out of the cupboard. What will he be doing next? 
Can't you see? shouted Piglet. Haven't you got eyes? Look at me. I am looking, Rue dear, said Kanga rather severely. And you know what I told you yesterday about making faces. If you go on making faces like Piglet's, you will grow up to look like Piglet, and then, think how sorry you will be. Now then, into the bath, and don't let me have to speak to you about it again. Before he knew where he was, Piglet was in the bath, and Kanga was scrubbing him firmly with a large lathery flannel. Ow, cried Piglet, let me out, I'm Piglet. Don't open the mouth, dear, or the soap goes in, said Kanga. There, what did I tell you? You, you, you did it on purpose, spluttered Piglet, as soon as he could speak again. And then, accidentally had another mouthful of lathery flannel. That's right, dear, don't say anything, said Kanga. And in another minute, Piglet was out of the bath and being rubbed dry with a towel. Now, said Kanga, there's your medicine, and then bed. What, what medicine, said Piglet? To make you grow big and strong, dear. You don't want to grow up small and weak like Piglet, do you? Well then, at that moment, there was a knock at the door. Come in, said Kanga, and in came Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin, Christopher Robin, cried Piglet. Tell Kanga who I am. She keeps saying I'm Rue. I'm not Rue, am I? Christopher Robin looked at him very carefully and shook his head. You can't be Rue, he said, because I've just seen Rue playing in Rabbit's house. Well, said Kanga, fancy that. Fancy my making a mistake like that. There you are, said Piglet. I told you so. I'm Piglet. Christopher Robin shook his head again. Oh, you're not Piglet, he said. I know Piglet well, and he's quite a different color. Piglet began to say that this was because he had just had a bath, and then he thought that perhaps he wouldn't say that, and as he opened his mouth to say something else, Kanga slipped the medicine spoon in, and then patted him on the back and told him that it was really quite a nice taste when you got used to it. I knew it wasn't Piglet, said Kanga. I wonder who it can be. Perhaps it's some relation of Pooh's, said Christopher Robin. What about a nephew or an uncle or something? Kanga agreed that this was probably what it was, and said that they would have to call it by some name. I shall call it Poodle, said Christopher Robin. Henry Poodle for short. And just when it was decided, Henry Poodle wriggled out of Kanga's arms and jumped to the ground. To his great joy, Christopher Robin had left the door open. Never had Henry Poodle Piglet run so fast as he ran then, and he didn't stop running until he had got quite close to his house. But when he was a hundred yards away, he stopped running and rolled the rest of the way home, so as to get his own nice comfortable color again. So Kanga and Rue stayed in the forest, and every Tuesday, Rue spent the day with his great friend Rabbit, and every Tuesday, Kanga spent the day with her great friend Pooh, teaching him to jump, and every Tuesday, 
Piglet spent the day with his great friend Christopher Robin. So, they were all happy again. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and leave a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you found the show helpful and want to make sure it's around for others to enjoy, please go to KnoxBedtimeStories.com and click the Patreon button. There are various rewards, and it ensures the show will be here for a long time to come. I wish you all a good night's sleep and a happy, peaceful life. May the best of your todays be the worst of your tomorrows. Good night.